to a brand new episode of Sequel Rights, the podcast where we take a look at the franchises that make you go, they made how many of those? And we give each and every sequel a fair trial. My name is Justin Camps, and I'm here with Elizabeth Helley and Tyler Hymanson. All right. <laughs> Everyone's here, and we're talking about a brand new franchise this week. We're done with Phantasm. We're done Yay. with Tremors. We're on to... <laughs> Beethoven. <laughs> Beethoven. We've been missing dogs. Um and that's you right. Know, that's why we're doing this. Um but we have a special guest with us this week. Eliz, who's here? Yes, we have uh my good friend and recent dog owner, Nathaniel Rada. Hello. Tell us about uh your your dog that you've recently got. Um well I'll try to pick him up. <laughs> it's yes. an audio DM. it's fine well, <laughs> i want to see the dog speak oh. for yourself <laughs> he does not like being picked up as you can see he got a saint bernard oh. just for this episode no. <laughs> close uh yeah so it's been uh, a little over a year and um he was a rescue which was pretty cool um because he's actually like very calm and i've had no issues to speak of, which is very not as common with rescues. Um, and yeah, he looked, uh, looked like a very good boy when you were holding him up. Yeah, yeah, he like <laughs> his hands out and like makes this funny look. And but um, he loves squirrels. And uh, I just got a house with a yard again, so um, he likes to go find the squirrels outside. And amazing, um, he's chased a lot of squirrels up some trees. There was a rabbit one day out in the yard. Whoa. <laughs> and I was outside with him and I saw the rabbit and I just like grabbed him by the neck because he didn't see the rabbit. And I was like, do not go after the rabbit. Aww. <laughs> um, well, I'm sure that we will ask you a lot more questions about having a big dog uh, as we go on. But yeah, uh, I also forgot you are a very uh, fastidious property owner. So we'll find out if uh, the the worries of uh, Charles Grodin's character were valid in this. Uh. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, awesome. Uh, thanks for being here with us, Nathaniel. We're excited to get your uh, new dog owner expertise uh, this week. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited. Um, Elis, so where can people reach out to us uh, throughout the week and whenever they want? Yeah. Yes, you can always email us at sequelrights at gmail.com or find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at sequelrights. And please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, five stars is a great way to have other people find the podcast, stumble upon it. If you, we have lots of great dog episodes with the Benji series. You can go back and listen to some of those and, and give us a rating for those as well. That's right. Well, why don't we start parsing Beethoven's first symphony right now? Throughout the history of motion pictures, there have been many big dog stars. Toto had a big adventure. Petey had a big appetite. Rin Tin Tin was a big hero. And Lassie had a big heart. You've come back! But now, Ivan Reitman, who brought you Ghostbusters, Kindergarten Cop, and Twins, proudly presents the biggest dog star of them all. Yo! 
Beethoven. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Wow. Oh my god, that audio clip from <laughs> Twins is incredible. That was quite the overture. I know. I Who's was watching. Petey? Uh I don't know who Petey is. It was oh, like uh okay. I don't know. They just showed the dog eating off a plate in someone's house. I don't know. Huh. Um <laughs> But uh, I was like waiting for maybe a Benji appearance on that list of dogs, but didn't happen. Probably not universal. Yeah. I like the, what you can't see in this trailer is uh, when there's that like, you know, starting bell. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) first dog guest cameo. That was perfect. That was perfect. Uh, Was it? I I mean, aforementioned, I'm sure we, every single, our listeners will know every single time a squirrel scampers out in the backyard. Yeah, that, that was a car door slamming. From oh, I see. One of my neighbors. <laughs> way to go. Way to go. That's funny. Um, I was just going to say, like, in the in the trailer, when uh, towards the end, when it's like, it's the biggest dog ever, and you hear that, like, uh, starting bell dinging, every time it dings, it's flashing, like, 185 pounds, 185 pounds, 185 pounds. Uh, it's so funny. I mean, so I have the thing I have to talk about is uh, out the gate, the, the the opening credits of this movie plays like a list of just like, hey, here's a parade of beloved character actors yes. that are their names that I do not recall being in this movie whatsoever. But it's like you have Oliver Platt, Stanley Tucci, David Duchovny. Uh, I forgot Trisha that Bonnie Hunt was in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Bridget yeah. Eaton's in this movie. Uh, it's and- insane. Dean Jones. Dean, oh, Dean Jones. In I a know. villainous turn, no longer the hero that drove with Herbie. Yeah, yeah no longer <laughs> Herbie's best friend. But taking a just chewing scenery as an incredible villain in this movie. He's uh, uh, he's so much fun. He he's very dark in this movie. Uh, his very oh, first he's... his very first line is like, "I need puppies." I and we know okay. what he sounds like old because we saw him in that Love Bug uh, yeah. TV special, and he did not sound like this. So he is oh, yeah. a choice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's doing like a deep, gravelly, like yeah. Uh, yeah. Undertaker voice. It's amazing. Yeah. So everybody, what was your experience with this movie uh, or franchise? This movie came out when I was five years old, and I fucking loved it. I loved <laughs> this movie as a kid. I still, I think that like. I, the thing I remember so vividly is Dean Jones taking 30 syringes to the chest. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. And, and like, I might be the first like horror movie type kill. I know he didn't die, but like, it's actually pretty violent. Like it's the end of the movie, but the kids drive a car through a table where he's as, as any doctor does prepped his various syringes of poisons uh needle up while with their plungers standing upon their plungers on a table it flips the table and flings like just all of these syringes into his chest and when it happened in the movie i was like oh my god like that was like a lightning bolt moment of everything that i remembered yeah um i i definitely have seen at least the first two movies in this franchise and i remember really liking them but we never had a dog it was never even in the in the cards and the idea so i don't know why i really like this movie but it's just so cute and wholesome and um the one thing that really stuck with me is that the girl's name is rice and for some Uh reason that always stayed in my head i guess maybe i don't know asian i was like ooh, rice cool name you know like i I don't know whatever (laughs) that's so funny uh 
That's funny that you mentioned the like syringe thing, Tyler, because I was like watching this movie and I was like, you know what? I can tell that uh, I watched this movie as a kid and then never have really revisited it much because I will say that there were plenty of scenes here in the movie where I was like, oh man, yes, I love this part. I love this part. But I would say that I totally did not recall that like the third act plot hinges on the fact that they're going to test out the efficacy of bullets in Beethoven's head. And I was and like, I, I love, I don't remember this part at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and we'll get to it, but my favorite part of the movie, because this movie just escalates in ways that are surprising. And it's like, wow, 92 is diff- definitely a different time because Dean Jones is about to shoot Beethoven in the face. And then Charles Grodin, who falls like 30 feet through a plate glass thing, he immediately goes, you shouldn't have meddled. And then he like, upgrades from animal cruelty to first degree murder <laughs> yeah. immediately. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, what about you, Nathaniel? What, what, uh, what's your experience with this, the movie? So I definitely know I've seen these movies back, like when they first came out in 92 or whatever. And I was five years old as well. I don't actually remember them. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so it was kind of like a new new movie for me. Nice. Also, like, mortified at certain things in the movie. Oh, my God. I guess 92 was a different era. Yeah. Um, (laughs) But then also very excited to see Bonnie Hunt in the movie. Yeah. Because I really really enjoyed the Cheaper by the Dozen movies. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it just, like, felt very Bonnie Hunt-esque. Which I liked. Yeah, the uh, America's mom. <laughs> yeah, the the trailer that I pulled that uh, clip from uh, for the trailer on YouTube is labeled uh, Beethoven 1992 official trailer Bonnie Hunt dog movie. So like, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to take a moment to to like because this is the only platform I have to do this. This is a complete aside that is not related to this at all but you mentioned the cheaper by the dozen movies and it just made me think of steve martin and steve martin is still so fucking funny to this day he had a tweet like a week ago there's like i you know something doesn't bother me about masks and i think i finally solved it and it was just a photo of him in a mask and when you clicked on it it just had a giant sign over his head that said i'm steve martin but it was like a joke structure that was specifically for twitter and it was still so specifically in his comedic voice and i was just like this motherfucker like He's, he will never stop being so damn funny. Uh, it was I was just blown away by it, and I have not had a place to to talk about that, and I just felt like I needed to say that right now. Okay. Well, and I, I thought it, for whatever reason, I thought Steve Martin was the dad in this movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you I feel like easily confused. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and but I feel like he's the dad in all the movies from, you know, the late 80s and early 90s. Absolutely. So I was like, the opening scene of of the dad, I was like, no, no, I don't think that's <laughs> yeah. Steve Martin. <laughs> no, his hair's not gray, so. Yeah, his <laughs> hair's too dark. Um, and Nathaniel, I think you also had a bit of a celebrity connection to this movie, right? So, allegedly, because <laughs> <laughs> I, I asked my parents today about it, and they looked at me dumbfounded. But again, this was a long time ago. Sure. Um, there was a St. Bernard that lived in the neighborhood I grew up in, and the the rumor was that it was one of the puppies of the litter that was, I think, from the second, the second movie. movie. Yeah. yeah. Um, and so we would see the dog walking around the neighborhood all the time. Do you think it was like a rumor that maybe the kids in that family yeah. just started to like <laughs> seem cool? I mean, it could be. It could be. <laughs> there's a lot of kids in the neighborhood, so it's potentially. But also there's not a lot of like, I don't see St. Bernard's running yeah. around all the time. So you know, maybe, maybe not. And a lot of people <laughs> moved up from California to Portland, you know, so there's, there's a chance there's, 
Trans- I'm going to say it's true. Yeah, we'll go. We'll go. <laughs> Allegedly true. Yeah. So the the beginning, the credits of this movie are exciting for sequel rights fans and and for us in particular because well, first of all, it comes up in an Ivan Reitman production. I was like, shit, Ivan Reitman made this movie, but no, he just produced it. <laughs> and of, Brian yeah. Levant, uh, our tried and true friend of Jingle All the Way, Problem Child Two. And so many other sequel rights movies uh, directed this film. Yeah, this is this. He's like hot off yeah. the presses from uh, <laughs> Problem Child Two into this straight into this movie. Yep, exactly. <laughs> and it was written by uh, Edmund Dantes, right? That's Edmund right. Dantes. Yep, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> which was the pseudonym for John Hughes. This is a a secret John Hughes movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we know why he wanted to pseudonym this one? Well, it didn't take place in Illinois, so he didn't want to break his streak. Oh, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Valley point, Vista. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I could not. I, I didn't have enough much time. And the, uh, you know, this is one of those movies that, like, has been released on Blu-ray, but never has gotten any, like, kind of special feature mm-hmm. making of documentary treatment or anything. So, sadly, I, I, I didn't find too much behind the scenes info on this one. So, Great. who knows? So, who knows? Okay. So, like we said, we start out, we find out that Dean Jones needs puppies. Yeah, needs we open on the set of Dark Man, yeah. <laughs> <Basically>. <laughs> which is what I thought immediately, like yeah. warehouses. Yeah. Uh, uh, and we well, but we also go to the pet store, and uh, remember pet stores? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Those were a thing. Huh? Um, yeah, I remember like, you know, when you go to the mall as a teen and we'd always like go stop at the pet store and look at the puppies. And like now that just seems so like no one does that anymore. <laughs> it's yeah. so like you either you either get your purebred pup off the Internet from a farm or you rescue someone. So so, so I am. a uh, Well, this I'm sure this will come up for the course of these movies. And it came up at Benji as well. I am definitely allergic to dogs, but I do love dogs. I wish I could have one, but they make it so that I cannot breathe. So this interaction that Elis is talking about is the only way that I could I could see dogs and be around dogs <laughs> except for friends. So like, I would love to go to the pet store, but growing up in Las Vegas, there's a ton more exotic pets. So pet store <laughs> trips are were far weirder because you have like sugar babies and like like armadillos and crazy things that you shouldn't be able to own. Tiger King. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Tyler, did you wear that pup shirt on purpose for, for this? I didn't. But I, I, <laughs> yes, I I, uh, I, I planned. No, I, I, I planned it out perfectly. Yes, this is entirely intentional. The the music of the punk band Pup is all what Beethoven's all about. That's right. Yeah, not Beethoven music. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Nope. Um. So yeah, we see that uh, little baby Beethoven is not getting adopted because he's either too cute or going to grow up to be too big and whatnot. Uh, and then it becomes this- night puppy is the cutest puppy mm. they've got they've got some amazing performance takes from this dog so being cute. like love me <laughs> <laughs> and peeing on a biker lady that yeah peeing fun. on a biker lady mm. so cute but yes then it becomes night <laughs> we get a touch of the tooch and uh <laughs> sorry i still have from blank chuck um and uh oliver flat and uh Stanley Tucci, I, I just I wish I knew how much of his his character mannerisms and costuming was in the script, because I really wonder, like, were those boots <laughs> in the script or chosen by wardrobe or was that a choice from that's Stanley a, no, Tucci? Oh, no, yeah, that's a that's a that's a classic Tucci touch. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, I, I'd like to believe that he showed up like to his audition wearing those boots. Yeah. And then Oliver Platt's extreme lisp um, and like doofiness. Oh, man. I could see. I, yeah, I could see Stanley Chuji just being like, well, there's not much to this character. So I'm going to wear these crazy boots. for Yeah, they're, they're, they're paving the way for Hugh Laurie and 101 Dalmatians. Uh, <laughs> right. uh, so they steal all the dogs. They do. And then the dogs, Beethoven, and then one other little little pup uh, smartly escape. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Nathaniel, as someone who ran a marathon literally right before this, uh, <laughs> would you have been able to catch that small white dog that Stanley Tucci <laughs> could not keep up with? So honestly, probably not. Because <laughs> like when I let him out, it is funny because he'll run around in my backyard mm-hmm. in circles and you just see like this black blur go flying <laughs> by <laughs> <laughs> so he's pretty fast. Okay. Uh, I mean, he probably could have caught him, but you know, in the boots. Well, the boots. I <laughs> probably slowed him down. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So yeah, little baby Beethoven. You know, spends the night in the trash, and then he sneaks his way into the family home. He sneaks the way yeah. his way into our hearts, and he and chooses wisely <laughs> which which uh, uh, human to bond with. Yes. Yeah. I did like that he also went up to the leaf blower so he could be as fluffy and adorable as humanly possible <laughs> right. when he goes into the house with the little girl. I think this is a good time to talk about, like, they got some amazing performances out of this dog. Uh, but, the, and, and we, you know, during Benji, we know how difficult that can be and how much animal trainers do amazing work. Yeah. But this movie also has some prosthetics and puppets. Oh, my God. Uh, specifically <laughs> when <laughs> Beethoven is uh, surprised or scared by something that are truly terrifying. Like, they are in <laughs> the, so like, they're, like, in the Chuck E. Cheese animatronic Five Nights at Freddy's oh. horrific zone. Yeah, There's there's actually a, uh, if you look up on YouTube, you can find, like, a one of those, like, someone recut Beethoven as a horror film trailer. Yes. And, like, oh. the, the screen grab for the, the you know, for the video is that photo of the eyes, the puppet eyes, like, uh. (laughs) I had to rewind it once because I was like, whoa, 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 what's a puppet? Well, I think the first time we see it is early on in the movie where like the, the, when Beethoven becomes an adult, which happens immediately. Like this dog would take, yeah, the the kids age, not a day. Yeah. I think this dog grows up three years. Yeah. Beethoven's the only one moving through time in this entire movie. (laughs) Well, it's, you know, seven years is, is equivalent to one year. That's right. Year, so. <laughs> That's true. I was like, did they grow that fast? Jesus. I mean, they do grow fast. They don't grow that fast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, so, but it's weird. Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, so during this montage, um, we get to see part of why dad is so, I mean, he's a little, he's got some OCD tendencies, uh, but I don't think his concerns were that insane because Beethoven really did a number um, and I'll never forget like the drool and the dr- amount uh-huh. of slobber in the shoe and stuff like that was very uh, I remember those moments with the scratching on the walls and the tearing of things apart and then the final big um, climax of the uh, the montage is the muddy master bedroom uh shaking of the water yes, uh, so nathaniel like, as a homeowner and and new dog owner how many of these things have you experienced well let's see he does drool um, <laughs> not quite like buckets like that so that might have been a <laughs> bit so exaggerated crazy. um 
he rocket likes to jump a lot and he's literally been like climbing over my walls <laughs> so so you're saying that there's accuracy to getting the paw prints when you wear your matlock suit out uh, I mean, to have a white suit <laughs> yeah yeah and then uh the shaking so he doesn't like he doesn't like water yet we're working on it but i've uh, given him some baths at home i've stopped giving him baths because i gave up it's too difficult but he's <laughs> He's like escaped out of the tub and gone running down the hallway. And oh God! Shakes or after <laughs> like taking him for a walk in the rain, which I have a rain jacket for him because oh. I mean, he, gets, he still gets wet. Uh, he'll just shake, and yeah, water's everywhere. And and you know, I'm like, no. <laughs> or if he comes running in the house, muddy from the backyard, it's it's a uh, yeah, jumping on him with the towel to not get too far in the house. Get him. <laughs> <laughs> Come back Sorry, here. Tyler, what were you going to say about the story? My bad. Uh, oh, no, I was going to say that I the, the drool thing kind of um, has always stuck in my head. And there's a famous family story on my end of Ooh. where what my, my parents, uh, when they moved to Las Vegas, they rented out our house up in Reno and they rented out to some friends. But because I was they already knew I was definitely allergic to animals. They said the one thing that you you can't have, you can't have a dog if you're going to rent the house. And they kind of lied to my parents and, and got a dog anyway. And the dog was this big boxer that, you know, kind of tore up the house whatever and i remember there was just when we were we were up there staying for a weekend and there was just so much slobber but i think that it was like somehow this scene of this movie with the with the slobber in the shoe <laughs> kind of fused into my brain of what the reality of that was but uh i had called that dog a yugoslavian <laughs> Uh, when I was like three years old. Oh my God. <laughs> so you were already a comedy genius. <laughs> I was just like, but like, how did I, like, I must've been like something on the news about Yugoslavia. Like, I like, I don't like, I don't know why I would know that, but that is a, a famous uh, Hymanson family story about some dumb thing I said as a kid. Our but, child grasps wordplay already yeah. <laughs> at the age of three. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is uh, really great. <laughs> but like in my mind, when I saw that scene, I was like, that's actually what I picture when I think of that dog. I think mm. of the drool coming out of the shoe. So <laughs> gross. <laughs> <laughs> How does it get on the, the, the railing of the staircase? <laughs> I don't know. So before Dean Jones really comes in to villain things up, we kind of get a couple vignettes about Beethoven having various uh, moments of bonding with the, each kid uh, pretty much as the mom and dad are trying to decide like if the mom should go back to work and if the kids, you know, should go to this babysitter. And uh, to me, I'm like, okay, obviously it's a St. Bernard. It can be the nanny. Duh. Haven't you guys ever <laughs> seen Peter Pan? Man. Hello. That's right. Hey. <laughs> Anna. Anyway, Put a bonnet they, on that dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Duh. Okay. laughs> Here at Sequel Rights, we have very few beliefs that we stick to, but we <laughs> firmly believe you have to put bonnets on dogs. <laughs> How are they supposed to know their job? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, yeah. So with the f- oldest girl who we've already discussed, her name is Rice, uh, is Nicole Tom from uh, The Nanny. Mm-hmm. And no child star check in because spoiler alert, all three of these kids are going to be with us next week. Um, <gasps> but yes, Nicole Tom is uh, she's got a crush on some dude at school and he doesn't like her or whatever. He doesn't know who she is and Mark. because she's got a sweet, gigantic dog. He reveals that he does know who she is. And it's very adorable. Yeah. <laughs> this dog is solving all the problems. Like kids don't need, you don't need to stand up for yourself. You don't need to advocate for yourself. All you need is to own a dog. <laughs> I mean, he's like a s- magical psychic. Oh, yeah. They don't yeah. address this outright, but he is definitely psychic. Yeah. yeah he has I- some Lassie on his mother's <laughs> side or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I think there's a scene later too, where they reveal that he, uh, you know, fully understands the complexities of the English language as well. Yes, indeed. And business contracts. <laughs> exactly. That's what. That's the scene I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. You know, I thought when we were watching this movie because like that first growing up montage after it was done, which was the first ten minutes of the movie, I was like, wait, there's more to this movie because that's pretty much what I thought I remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Those are. It's like the highlight reel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because then it starts getting into like, oh yeah, the business deals and a bunch of stuff that I didn't really remember happening. Like, did anybody recall that he owned an air car air freshener? <laughs> no, no, but that was disgusting. That grossed yeah. me out big time. Just that statue of the nose. I was like, no. Uh, it looked <laughs> like it was like, you know, one of the props from Double Dare or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Strapped on the wall there. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, was that scene with Mark and like when they're at the school, where was student number one? Did you guys remember this from the from the credits? Yeah, I don't know who he <laughs> no, was. No, I didn't see it, but yeah, apparently, are, are you talking about this being Joseph Gordon-Levitt's yeah. film debut? I saw him in the credits, and I was like, what? I, didn't I couldn't catch him, him either. Anywhere. So, allegedly, it says, hold on, I, I, I looked this up, actually, and I have it handy. Uh, he is the kid on the right wearing a green top who gets on the school bus while Ted hides behind a tree. <laughs> oh. Uh, okay. But, yeah, no, I mean, the, the, this adds to the parade of character actors that's just like what like how are all these people in this movie i mean i don't even know why he's in the credits then it must have been that there was potential for him to have a line so they signed him up at like a yep. slightly higher level and then exactly they ended up getting cut or something yeah. yep that makes sense okay interesting uh but yes yeah, so he saves the kid from the bullies uh but lets the kid think that he did it himself by yeah. putting up his fist. He gives him that. That's that. That's that lassie magic. I will have to say, as looking this up, uh, the IMDb, IMDb fact that's just above this is Steve Martin was the first choice to play George Newton. Uh-huh. <laughs> ah. <laughs> and then it says, which I think this is fucking crazy town. Uh, John Candy, Danny DeVito, Bill Murray, Dan Aykroyd, Jeff Goldblum, Rick Moranis, and Robin Williams were later considered for the part. What? Oh, my that's- God. Yeah, you can't insanity. have Robin Williams being the the stick in the mud. Yeah, no, no, never. He'd be like, "Oh, let's give this dog." Let's get yeah, he'd be them. like, "Let's roll around in the mud with the dog." You know, like, that wouldn't have yeah. worked. I think they made the right, right choice. Charles Grodin is good. Yeah, <laughs> he looks like yeah. you know a dad as well. Very dad like. Yeah, that's does. true. Um, and then okay, so let's get on the subject of the third vignette with the littlest child and the subject <laughs> of child endangerment. Mm-hmm. What? fucking saturday morning psa was this like this part of this movie like i was like are like and they're trying to do this comedy beat with this (sighs) this is another scene that i vividly remember with the the lady marmalade oh i didn't remember this oh with with her singing the lady marmalade and everything that like that's that's uh 
<laughs> that is the one thing that I was like, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I can't this. remember if it's this movie or if it legitimately is a PSA I'm thinking of, of a little kid reaching for a ball in the water. Because I feel <laughs> yeah. like that's the classic. Uh, right. Yeah, so, no idiot in this world leaves a little kid anywhere no. where there's a pool without a gate. Well, oh, yeah. we, I think I think in order to get into that conversation, we have to get into like how much the dad in this movie is a real piece of shit. <laughs> like he's he's really a terrible person, right? And and he he hates this dog. He hates everything else. And the, how th- we get to the situation is he's trying to sell his company or get an investment or whatever it is. And there's a point where he's trying to convince his wife to come back to like, you need to come back to the, to the air freshener factory. And she's like, no, I want to be with the kids. And he's like, we can get it. We'll get a babysitter. It'll be fine. And because, so because she coalesces to that, we end up with this scene where the youngest falls into the pool <laughs> <laughs> almost dies if not for a robotic dog head that saves her <laughs> <laughs> I mean she should know how to swim uh, Beethoven, by then, I think. <laughs> yeah exactly uh, and then so that, that happens the, the, we, we actually get an amazing performance from the babysitter trying to convince the kids to lie to their parents about how she actually didn't fuck up that badly Ugh. which was kind of harrowing it was really gross but then after all of this uh Charles Grodin's character is so not nonplussed by this. He's just like, we'll get a different babysitter. It'll be fine. <laughs> and it's like, no. Yeah. Well, they never reveal that Beethoven saved her. No. They just think that she made it to the edge of the pool somehow, like, which is crazy. Like, she full on, like, drowned. She yeah. was going under for real. It's not like she like, was still flailing. She was it, down. It ma- it makes me think that they cut the scene where Beethoven did CPR on her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the, the movie didn't want to have their characters grapple with the, wait, but how did he know she was drowning from several houses over? <laughs> right. He heard her. He's psychic, <laughs> I'm telling you. And he even jumped over a sexy lady in a bikini, like classic yeah. Ferris Bueller shit right there. Yeah, that was an important shot to have. I think. I'm surprised he didn't stop and be like, oh, hey, ladies. <laughs> yeah, wasn't there the slow motion shot of him looking down while he jumps over? And lowering sunglasses for one scene. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that'll happen in like the, you know, the fifth movie or something. Yeah, yeah probably. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the only time that I'll bring this up this week but you know <laughs> this is where it really comes home that all everyone in this movie is white and rich and you know that's why it doesn't that, that's why the mom going back to work is like a question and a choice right. yep, and exactly. why they can even afford to hire a full like an adult woman babysitter you know mm. and like uh the dog keeping the dog is just the only thing stopping them from keeping the dog is the dad it's not the fact that they have to buy a gajillion pounds of food it, I, and, I was just gonna yeah. say it's it's even a, a joke point of like that there's the, there's that that sight gag where yeah. every member of the family is carrying like a relative size bag of food and the dad's carrying the biggest one it's not a joke of like this giant dog is a giant financial responsibility and and the yeah. fees and everything else it's just like oh the dad has to carry the most food <laughs> Yeah. And and, you know, that, that there's something inherently wrong about mm-hmm. that, because I'm sure there are plenty of families in this, you know, financial bracket where the situation would play out like this for them. But uh, I guess, you know, just give a thought to the fact that for many people, the dog, you just can't do it. You literally can't do it. 
Yeah. And uh, the babysitter, you can't do it. And the mom mm. has to go to work no matter what. So, you know, do they do they live in a fake California suburb? Uh, I think so. It's well, called, called like, Valley, it was Valley, Valley Vista. Vista. Valley Vista. Yeah. Maybe real, actually. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if that's real or not, but it's like, yeah, it does. Sounds it does real. feel like it's doing <laughs> this. I, I mean, like 90s movies kind of did this where yeah. it was like the, it was after Poltergeist, really, where it has this like the fantasy, even the fantasy version of the suburban white household has its problems. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I, I totally agree. It's something that is the, the very premise of this movie uh, is based upon white privilege. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Valley Vista looks like it's not like a city city per se, but it's like a neighborhood in Sherman Oaks. No, that makes oh, sense. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> the bigger houses. Yeah. Yep. But however, I think maybe in the canon of the movie, it's farther out there because I just don't understand why it's so hard for Dean Jones to find large dogs that he has to steal a <laughs> beloved pet from a full, you know, family that has the resources it's to come so after him. evil. <laughs> yeah. There are so many dogs that nobody wants. Just go get those and shoot them if it's that big of a problem. You know, obviously don't shoot any of them. But oh, like, God, yeah. the I like how you're problem through, solving this. For him. The fact that he goes through all this, it's like, dude, just pick what? a different dog. My biggest problem is that he wasn't efficient enough with the puppy murder. <laughs> yeah. I just kept thinking too with the gun companies, like. What, there were no deer or no cows that people had to kill? Yeah, like, or like what? why do you have to yeah. use dogs? Like, Is that, I don't think that's really how they would test that anyways. Like, what? Yeah. <laughs> that's real sketchy. <laughs> All right. Anyway, sorry. Moving on. Yeah. We, so, well, we know uh, Dean so, Jones is, isn't efficient because he's going to go through a whole theatrical thing of like, I need to get this dog and I'm going to pretend <laughs> yeah, yeah. that this dog attacked me. I'm going to spend my entire weekend going after this one dog. <laughs> yeah. He had to drive. He had to drive all the way out to Burbank to go to the fake blood store. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they never, he never, you know, he kept thinking like, oh, maybe they're going to make the connection to be like, this was the dog we captured in the beginning and it escaped. So now I need to get it back, even though it's not a puppy anymore. And I needed puppies earlier. <laughs> uh, no. Is now the time that we begin to discuss the uh, investment bankers that are, yes. uh, have a, a stake in Giorgio's company. David Duchovny. So funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So This oh, stunt is insane. Yes. It's probably the best part of the movie, honestly. <laughs> I don't know. I think I think it's the funniest thing and one of the things that like definitely sticks out to me from from the movie, just the ridiculousness ridiculousness of this stunt. And actually, the premise of it uh, supports Elis's theory that it's actually further out because like they're 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 trying to close the deal, and they ask, "Is there a nice restaurant in your town?" Oh, yeah. And they're like, "Oh no, we'll bring you to a barbecue." And like these fancy city people are just, "Oh no." Like, what did they say? They say something like, "Oh God, well we don't want to risk it or something." Yeah, like and, and then someone's like, "The the 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 yeah." She's like, "Let's live dangerously." Oh yeah, yes, that's what yeah. it was. <laughs> was that um was is that the mom that in Everybody Loves Raymond? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 It was just kind of funny to see her in that role, yep. I guess, because I'm yeah. just so used to Everybody Loves Raymond. <laughs> oh yeah, where she plays Patricia a Heaton. Bonnie yeah, Hunt Patricia type. Heaton. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. I mean, speaking of the Bonnie Hunt thing, just a quick aside of that, like Charles Grodin was 56 at the time of filming of this and she was 29. Oh, wow. Okay. 
Weird. Um, and it's kind of bullshit that he's making her come back to work because then he ignores her and the people are so rude to her. And, yeah. you know, she's clearly what he's having her do is clearly a work that anybody could do as a secretary. It's not like specialized. You know, it's like she's the vice president of the company or something, right. you know, like. It was really interesting with these two people. Like, it's like this archetype of 90s villain. They're like these, like, um, acolytes of capitalism of, like, they're just like, I don't care. Like, I care about my career. I don't care about family. Like, and they became, like, they're they're in Christmas vacation. They're in this thing like, oh, no, I don't have kids. Like, I have a career. <laughs> and it's just a really funny uh archetype that existed and it's like it's almost interesting to think of like all the people who are writing that like all the screenwriters are those people like it's this weird self-hating like now like being in 2020 and being in that like world it's just like oh like these are all (laughs) self-owns yeah (laughs) oh god yeah, and like like we mentioned before, this is the scene where um you know they're out at the the table in the backyard, and when uh, both of the characters go away, David Duchovny and Patricia Heaton's characters are like, "Yeah, if we pull this off, we'll be owning the air freshener place by the end of the year." And then like <laughs> Beethoven's head perks up, like, <laughs> "Contract fraud?" Yeah, like I know about this. And that's when he goes into action. <laughs> So really what it's saying, Nathaniel, is that you should take your dog to work with you and yeah. so that he can sniff out the bad deals. That's, that's right. Yeah. No, that's uh, I would like to take him to work with me. <laughs> they, they can sense evil. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He pulls them. He pulls the lawn chairs like a mile and they somehow stay in them. And I thought yeah. it was because their legs were tied to the front legs of the chairs but then later for extra comedy they have them kicking their feet up later and so i'm like what how did this work why did they just let go of the chair yeah, but, yeah well. the part where they like flip over the fence yeah. is so that funny. looked pretty cool <laughs> yeah and it just and they looks, all land and the table lands in front of them yeah it just looks yeah. so cool like just to see them like you know, yeah, Beethoven takes off and they just fall backwards like, Whoa. I don't know, it's just a really goofy. <laughs> I, I love uh, that there was a take where it was obvious that it was like nothing, like it was just they're sitting in the chairs when that happened and they like act dizzy and they're like, Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like thinking of David Duchovny, it's like, man, everyone has to start somewhere. It's like now sit in the chair and pretend like you're in a Looney Tune. <laughs> <laughs> he seemed like he was having fun in this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, everybody's just having being fun like a smarmy douchebag. Yeah. yeah so after that you know the dad is having a midlife crisis and there's actually like a very very serious argument between the parents where the mom is like you're worried about losing your dream while you're losing your family you know and it's like oh shit like, <laughs> <laughs> the kids are like listening and it's just like oh yeah. awkward Ugh. I thought it was a good line and like a direct shot on it. Like it was just like, okay, so like he has been a terrible piece of shit. And like it's, it also doesn't land as like this dramatic moment, like of like, oh, like that, that really, you know, resonates with me. Like he's immediately back on his bullshit of just like, but, but, but like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. And I, that somehow made it more real and actually more effective. Yeah. And then, and then that's, this is when we take our dark turn into Dean Jones, evil veterinarian. <laughs> that's right. Uh, territory. Um, we're like he's literally doing like uh, regenerator Herbert West shit. Like he's <laughs> like, let's steal the bodies. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and and they even have it where that the youngest girl 
witnesses him beat the dog yeah. for no reason and then yeah. no one believes her which is <laughs> pretty bad i mean like believe children they don't make stuff up like that like yeah yikes that scene where bonnie hunt is like why are you listening to the you know a stranger a that we only we met, met twice, twice. yeah <laughs> <laughs> over our daughter like maybe we should listen to our daughter and i was like yes yeah. for the love of god come on uh charles Grodin, come on man and the whole movie, the whole movie, he's been hating the dog. And then at the end, when he, you know, towards the end, when he has to go take, uh, he's going to go take Beethoven in to be euthanized. He's like, you know, you're my dog, too. This is really hard for me. I mean, I thought his performance was good at that moment. But like story wise, I didn't yeah. quite think he was caught up to that point. Exactly. Yet. But That's I thought he pulled it off. But yeah, I don't know that I believed it for the character. Mm -hmm. So I thought, like, is this a chance? Is there a chance that just uh, uh, Dean Jones hitting the dog in this movie actually made it so he got less jobs? Because, like, it's something that's a, it's a chilling image. Like, just seeing somebody hit a dog like that, it's just like, ah, like, that's not popular. <laughs> and uh, he was he, he was fine. It seems like he did everything else. But it looks like for the animated Beethoven TV series, <laughs> Dean Jones voices George Newton. Yep. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Swap it. Up. Which means that guys, we might have to do a Beethoven animated series episode. <laughs> Was that in the DVD eight pack? Because if not, I don't know if I can make another purchase. Yeah, no, it's not. It's not, sadly. <laughs> Nathaniel, did you watch this on uh Peacock? I did. So I have Comcast Internet and yeah. I have one of the streaming things, but um, I guess I, well, I figured out I could connect it to like my iPad. So I watched it on my iPad this morning. Oh, okay. Did it have commercials? Um, it had like three minutes of commercials at the start. Okay. And of course I'm like, well, I'm going to have to go here soon. So <laughs> I'm gonna get yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Just wondering, cause uh, Tyler and I bought the DVD eight pack uh, on Prime <laughs> Day. Yeah. It arrived a day early. Thank you, yeah. Amazon. <laughs> Not sponsored. Okay. <laughs> Like Actually, I do his dog food through Amazon, ah, which is really funny because I do buy like it's not quite as big as I am, but they're like forty pound bags. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so I feel bad for the people like taking it up my hundred foot long driveway. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh. and there's always other things in the box. And I'm like, oh, well, good thing I didn't order eggs. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so. You know, obviously it's a horrible tragedy and people really actually do go through this where the a dog has to be put down for uh, attacking a human. Uh, that said, <laughs> I don't know if uh, I think there has got to be like official paperwork or a police uh -huh. report or something. Yes. <laughs> like if just, Jones just tells you to bring your dog for murder, <laughs> just drop him off and be like, all right, bye. <laughs> they keep saying like you ordered him to be destroyed. <laughs> I was like, yeah. is that what they and then, call and then it? They have to pay for an overnight lodging too. Yeah. You know, it's like, God, really? You're gonna charge him? I'm okay. here to destroy my dog. Please do it. Oh. I can't do it myself. Do it for me. <laughs> That's messed up. I, I I I have to share. It's it's an awful story. It's a it's a thing where it was it was a moment where the a, a, a pet of somebody that I know had to put down. I was in the uh, be put down. I was in the room, and it's this this horrible moment. And like kind of where the joke is in this, where it's like you're gonna have to pay for boarding as well. Uh, <laughs> like like you know the decision's been made. Everything's happening, and they're like, do you have a card? You know, very discreet. Like I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And the person, you know, the the poor vet tech sneaks out, 
And then, you know, everyone's having a moment. And then this poor person had to creep back in and be like, I'm so sorry. We don't take American Express. Oh, God. <laughs> God. That's terrible. Which is a real thing that happened. <laughs> wow. That's awful. <laughs> Yikes. Uh, maybe that'll happen in one of the future Beethoven movies. Yeah. yeah. Well, oh, the dad driving off and the kids like chasing him down the road is a really heartbreaking, like, yeah. ooh. Ugh. <laughs> Yeah, like, as a dad, I don't know how you recover from that. Yeah, really. Like, I was thinking, like, yeah, that scene when he goes back home after that, and they're just all like, get away from me. Oh, his daughter. The daughter. Is dog killer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The little one. Oh, my God. When she said that, I was like, damn. <laughs> yeah, well. All right. Well, so let's get to the final confrontation. They figure it out. Uh, by going to the, the office late at night and uh, Rice attacks the <laughs> vet uh, yeah. to get past him and then he's grabbing her and they realize that he's not really bit on the mm-hmm. arm and then everything goes to hell. The, Charles Grodin punches him out even though he's right. like, I'm going to sue you and all this Yeah, and, his fa- and <laughs> you know, although it is cool and I'm glad he did that, but like the family is so excited by it and the mom <laughs> is both visibly and audibly aroused oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> like, it's kind of like okay like yeah he had to do that to protect you in that moment but at the same time like let's not let's not, let's not like, glorify it too yeah. much yeah <laughs> like it really didn't solve anything like it nothing really changed after he did it yeah. it just kind of felt good <laughs> i just love that he's like oh yeah you know yeah i just did it like whatever <laughs> he's like basking in the praise yeah. I did like when he walked away though he's like I may need to go to the hospital yeah anyway so they follow him to the warehouse where all the dogs are Dean Jones is prepping his 35 uh, very beautiful colored syringes <laughs> Um, yeah, it's either it's either uh, chemical and animal testing or jello shots. I like that. Like, yeah. yeah, I like that they're using, you know, they need like a giant dog to shoot the gun into. But then they need a real small dog to put in like the 50 syringes for the chemical <laughs> test. I'm like, what? Wouldn't you want a bigger dog for that, too? Yeah. So they get Beethoven's little yeah. friend guy. Oh, by the way, we should mention earlier that Beethoven stayed friends with the dude that he escaped right. with. Um even though that guy didn't get adopted by a family and he brought him donuts and he uh, looked yeah. out for him and stuff. Yeah, he did Benji stuff. Exactly. I was going to yeah. say, he has his own Benji about the town scene where everyone's like, yeah. oh, look, it's Beethoven. Yeah. <laughs> Hello, oh, Beethoven. Oh, but I have to say, when he was sharing an ice cream with that kid, I was like, oh. <laughs> 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 like it was, would you do that, Nathaniel, with your no, dog? <laughs> no. I mean, he, he licks himself yeah. in certain areas. And I'm like, do not bring that mouth near me. <laughs> everyone's like oh can i kiss your dog i'm like i would highly recommend not but you know if you want to i'm you can do whatever you want yeah i've had it just wash your hands please (laughs) all right anyway sorry for that uh backtrack but anyway uh they're torturing the little friend and they're about to shoot beethoven in the face 
And then Charles Grodin decides to risk life and limb. <laughs> so ridiculous. I this is you know this is a whole moment where I'm like I don't remember any of this part of the movie. So when he goes up on the roof, I'm like, what is he gonna do from up there? Okay, I get that he's got like a great vantage point to see what's happening, but he's not gonna jump through the glass skylight in this room, is he? Little. Well, no, they're gonna throw a dummy down. <laughs> yeah. Like no, he's just a dad. He's not gonna. He's gonna die if he does that. He's just a dad. <laughs> yeah. Listen, dads are superheroes, okay? <laughs> Apparently. Not as much as single moms as we yeah. knew, we learned from Tremor Shriek Island. But yes. <laughs> <That's true. laughs> okay. Um, but he does go through that. So class yeah, and scene. then mom goes to call the police and the kids hear a gunshot. So they drive the car into the warehouse <laughs> with abandon so it all worked out but they could have killed everyone including <laughs> yeah. beethoven by driving them over with the car just want to point that out yeah and themselves <laughs> like most likely themselves terrible idea yeah. And, yeah i did think the girl's performance was very good at this moment in the back seat because the boy was just like i'm driving and they were like literally screaming bloody <laughs> murder for their lives like they looked visibly horrified um yeah <laughs> Yeah, I mean they they get in there and he's they uh, saved then, the day. That's right. Yeah, I did. I don't know if the table flipping would have. Well, maybe it would have been enough force to put some of the syringes into Jane Jones' chest, <laughs> but without the pressure of pushing the the button part of the syringe, I, you know. Well, that's why he lives to be prosecuted. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, I mean, if you know, say, say there was uh, something else on the table to to kick those those punchers down, he would have died. Yeah, I mean, and I mean, I I wonder what kind of drugs it was too. Like, was it like all hallucinogens? It looked like, <laughs> yeah, it looked like it was like good he had drugs. A boner, and he lost reality, <laughs> yeah. you know, and like I don't know, his foot fungus was cured, and like uh, <laughs> he got pink eye. I don't know, whatever. Else. His yeah, face, uh, his amazing. face definitely looks like he's enjoying it before he passes. Yeah. Out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And, through his crazy ass glasses in this movie, like Dean Jones is wearing the most Coke bodily glasses that I think you can have. Yeah, and then instead of well, they all hug and they're all so happy and they're you know, but then instead of calling the authorities, they just release all the dogs that are in cages yeah. so that they can yeah. go chase yeah. the two henchmen uh, rather than you know. Well, we find out what happens to them, but still, like the, the, when yeah. they were just opening all the cages, I was like, "Why are you doing that?" <laughs> and then the joke about the junkyard lady comes back because we see that she's got four Dobermans that they yeah. Yeah. De literally destroy Tooch and uh, Oliver Platt. The the one other thing I I wanted to save uh, save her from this this whole end sequence and needed to save a sound clip of was Stanley Ooh. Tucci's scream. <laughs> In, the, in this end scene, it's so great. He's like, and what I love about this clip too is that they were clearly like, "All right, Randy Edelman, we want to like really make this scream pop." So like, can you make the, can you have the score also like be in the same key and everything as the scream? You can hear it. I'll play it again here. You can hear it like ring out in the same note. <laughs> it's like it's like the the reverb of it is so funny. Um, that was another another great character choice he, for him to just have a really high pitched screen. <laughs> great score too. I mean, obviously it's mostly Beethoven music, but yeah. the way he puts it all together yeah. and the original stuff is very very good. Um, 
it's yeah. very uh it's very mischievous which is is which is great for this movie absolutely yeah uh and we find that beethoven's magic has legs because wh- wherever he helps it doesn't just help in the moment he helps uh long term when uh rice's crush su- sees her on the tv and calls her <laughs> remember when you could see someone you know on tv because there weren't that many channels and people watched the nightly news (laughs) yeah right right. that would never happen these days yeah oh and we should say too that uh the henchmen are chased down through a produce market (laughs) by the dogs and there literally is a my cabbages moment where they release the cabbages and i was like oh my god avatar so um my cabbages my cabbages yeah but anyways i uh, did appreciate that after the car was driven through by the sun mm-hmm. it was a very bonnie hunt like heroic <laughs> moment where she's like walking over the car and like flipping the doors off the car <laughs> And then I think the dad was like, where were you? And she's like, I was shopping. (laughs) (laughs) That line was so good. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, we find out that everybody went to jail. It all worked out. Uh, They've got Beethoven. They've got little white dog. They've got all the dogs. All the dogs. (laughs) Which sounds like a nightmare. (laughs) Yeah. This Which is, I'm sure was temporary just until they could find other homes. But I mean, I think we might find out. Yeah, those yeah. dogs will not exist in the next movie. <laughs> I think. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, Tyler, uh, you, you, <laughs> I keep hesitating whether or not I want to bring this other thing up. But do you have a you have a, a rating system? Uh, well, I think you should bring up the thing, but I yeah. certainly do. It's oh it's, uh, well, it was just done. We were talking about arousal and boners earlier, and I was like, uh, "Does a dog straight up give a human man a boner in this movie?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, we didn't talk. Mean. We didn't talk about the scene where uh, Beethoven is licking his neck, and he's like, "Oh yeah, baby." He's, he even says something real gross. He says like, and then he goes into role play. Yeah, he says yeah. to his daddy's girl yeah. been naughty, and I'm like, ew. What? <laughs> I loved the segue into you making that point. And yes, it would have been a travesty if we did not discuss this disturbing, disturbing. Would it have been? Yeah, that's why I kept going back and forth like, should I bring this up? I don't know. I thought it was pretty funny and gross. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that was horrifying. Look on ten his times face. grosser than the ten times grosser than the ice cream scene that Elis was talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. The look on his and, face and when of he... course um somebody I think Stanley Tucci someone does get bit in the crotch by a dog at, at some point. Uh, it's Dean Jones. Dean yeah, Jones. Dean Jones. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's how he. Yeah, that's the how they get one. the gun out of his oh, yeah. hand. <laughs> oh God! Uh, All right, rating system. Let's do it. Uh, how many multicolored syringes would you give Ooh. Beethoven's first? Oh man. Um yeah, I mean it's a very narrow scope of a movie like we said, but it, other than that, like it's pretty dang close to to perfect. Um I am going to give it nine multicolored syringes. Ooh. I just remember this movie really fondly and I think it's just kind of a perfect little cute afternoon two hour you know like thing to do with your family and you know 
uh, yeah, there's some problematic parts, but nothing over the top, <laughs> and it's just really enjoyable. Absolutely. Um, I think I'm going to give it seven multicolored uh, syringes. I think, uh, yeah, I think this is a great family film. Um, I, I'm just, I'm just giving it a little bit lower because, like, it's you know, it's not something I've ever felt like needing to revisit. I don't have like super fond memories of it. Um, I think it's just kind of like, I think it's a fine family movie. It's cute. Uh, I don't think, uh, I don't think there's a ton in it that I'm like, Oh man, you've got to see this movie. I think it's a great, I think it would be yeah something great to just put on in the background for kids or something, but I don't think it's like an amazing movie or anything. Um, uh, but yeah, full of lots of enjoyable stuff. Definitely, definitely some indelible images that have uh, carried on through the years. Um, but yeah, seven for me. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to split the difference here. I'm going to go eight colorful injections. Um, I agree with you on the overall quality of the movie and the moments of it. Uh, even times where I was watching it, I was like, man, like comedy is a funny thing. Like when you're a kid of the things that you find funny or like the situations that it's like, wow, like all of these, it's, it's such a different way of thinking about things now. Uh, that being said, I have a great fondness for this movie and watching it a lot as I was a kid. Uh, and so that bumps it up to an eight for me. Nathaniel. Um, I'd probably go with an eight as well. Eight colorful syringes. <laughs> I thought it, I mean, have again, not having remembered a whole lot of any of it since I, but I know I watched it. Um, I found it quite enjoyable at my sleep deprived self at 5am, but um, <laughs> no, it was, it was a good movie. Um, you know, some things didn't necessarily age as well now, but mm. I think, you know, 92, it was appropriate. And I think kids these days would probably enjoy it. It's just like refreshing how wholesome and simple it was in a yeah. way too. Yeah. You know, yeah. like a comedy now, like if you think of a comedy that you really liked recently, like, palm springs or something it has to jump through like a thousand hoops and have all these complicated things but this is just like oh they have a dog dog's in danger they're out of danger they're happy yeah it doesn't have to do anything yeah exactly <laughs> it is it anyway. is nice that most of the movie is just like the family has a dog yeah and yeah. then it's like book, it's like bookended with like oh the dog might die but you know the, yeah. the middle part is like oh they've got a dog <laughs> But uh, okay. yeah, I think that's going to bring us to the end of Beethoven. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, as, as the real Beethoven did, uh, there's a couple, there's more symphonies to be heard. Uh, so coming up next is Beethoven's second. Ooh. I've seen it, so I'm not going to say anything. I'm pretty sure I've seen this one too. And you mentioned that the the, yeah, the kids sorry. are coming back, but <laughs> no, I was going to ask. Like, I was wondering how fast we're going to start losing cast members in this uh, yeah. franchise. But I think the first one was really successful, so uh, I would uh, bet that everyone's back. And it sounds like probably everyone is. If the kids I are back, the dads are. No, I don't know if I've seen this one, but I seem to remember. If I had to make a guess, that uh, Brian Levant's coming off Problem Child Two. That I think Beethoven too takes a similar course of bringing in a uh, partner in crime. Yeah. Oh. Um, I, I have to say too, it was great that Beethoven never spoke. And if this franchise <laughs> at some point takes a turn into <laughs> Lady and the Tramp or I you am, know uh, Beverly Hills Chihuahua, oh my god, I didn't even think about this. CGI mouth movements. I'm going to be very sad. I'm very curious to see if that happens in one of these movies. <laughs> Please God, no. so. honestly. Oh no! I think we're good. Yeah, I think we're good for a while. Happen. I think we're like, good. Oh. 
Uh, place your bets now if it if it that comes in five, six, or seven, uh, <laughs> yeah. or eight. But tune in for the rest of our Beethoven. <laughs> in the meantime, Elis, when where can people get in touch with us? Uh, yeah, you could email us at sequelrights at gmail or find us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at sequelrights. Uh, and please again rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It uh, helps the podcast out a lot, and we'd appreciate it. Yeah, and Nathaniel, thank you so much for being here. Uh, Do you have anything you wanted to to plug? I don't know. Are you looking for more followers anywhere? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Your dog doesn't have his own Instagram yet. No, we're not. We're not going down. Give that a path. give a okay. shout out to, to the rescue <laughs> shelter. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He came from the Western Australian Shepherd Rescue, and uh, they like rescue dogs from Texas and then deliver them to foster parents in specific states. So Portland or Oregon is one and Colorado is another one. And um, yeah, so they were a very easy one to work with. And you get to meet the dog where some of them are like, you pick your dog up at eight o'clock on a Tuesday. And that's right. how you met it. So that's, that's cool. Awesome. Yeah. So that's yeah. good. Adopt a pet. That's the, that's the yeah. best that's yes. you can give. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yep. It's a good message to end on. Uh, well, yeah, thanks for being here, Nathaniel. And uh, we'll see everyone next week when we get into Beethoven's second.